welcome back to Gals on Topic, your favorite book club, and then some. I'm Sadie. I'm Izzy. And today, for our 10th episode of season two, double digits yet again, <laughs> um, we will be covering A Court of Mist and Fury, chapters 34 through 37. Yes. And these and were good chapters. The plot continues. These were great chapters. Sadie and I are really scrambling today because we are. she's about to leave for vacation. She's literally doing this on her way to the airport. We appreciate the commitment. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I was scrambling around uh, my apartment this morning. I like laid everything out to pack yesterday, which was far too much stuff. Um, and I was like, good. I did most of the hard work. It took me forever to get it in my suitcases. One thing about me is I can't pack before an hour before I leave for, the, for a trip because I just need everything. Like most I of know. the things that I like the stuff that takes me a long time is like my shower stuff, my makeup, like self-care, like clothes. Sure, I can pack away like any statement pieces, but even like athleisure, like there's just I use stuff. Constantly. I feel like up until that I'm leaving. Yeah. So I just and if I pack too far in advance, then I have to like take things out because I'm like, did I? Did I get this? Did I get this? I forget. You, it needs to be fresh. It yeah. needs to be fresh. So it's very, it was very hectic this morning, um, but we're here. We're here. At, like like they say in the beginning of my yoga classes, it's like, you're here now. There's nowhere for the next hour. There's nowhere else you can be or need to be. You are here now. So be here. So that's what we're doing. We're going to take a deep breath. That really helped. Thank Good. you. <laughs> okay, well, Sadie, why don't you tell people about your vacay plans? I actually don't even really know what your vacay plans are. <laughs> so why don't you tell me also? <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm flying into upstate New York, which is where my whole family, like my family lives in South Carolina, but like my extended family, all most of them live in New York. So I'm flying there. I'm staying with my grandma. Uh today tonight through wednesday my mom is flying in tuesday then wednesday we're road tripping to the jersey shore fun wildwood new jersey for the um, barefoot country music festival i knew that was happening yes so that is thursday through sunday but um it's at the beach so and i took like a the whole week off so I have off Wednesday to Wednesday so we're staying like a full week and do you have outfit outfits planned so that's like the hard part is I mean I do for the festival they do have themed nights I'm doing a tamer version of the theme nights Darius Rucker is one of the performers which is a South Carolina alum so I'm wearing my jersey oh when I love performs. that yeah I'm very I love excited. that he sees me <laughs> uh, <laughs> go Cox yeah <laughs> um so yeah so we're staying through through sunday for the um concerts but then we're st staying in wildwood all the way until the next wednesday to just enjoy some beach vacation time driving back to rochester i'll stay with my grandma again until saturday and then flying home lovely yeah it's good sounds like a fun two weeks yeah yeah it'll be fun like the week at the beach is gonna be so relaxing and fun i can't wait and like all my cousins that are my age or around my age are gonna be there um like my aunt and uncles we had just have like a house a house by the beach like it's so nice that's lovely yeah much needed but you're leaving too soon on wednesday i'm leaving thursday morning okay. i am flying to hawaii with my family 
and I could not be more excited. I know. That sounds amazing. I'm really excited. We've gone every year for the past few years. My family's all on the West Coast, so for them, it's not that far. For me, it's like an 18-hour travel day. But Yeah. Worth it for Hawaii. So worth it. Um, And... My sister and my my boyfriends are both coming this year for the first time. So I was about to bring that up. Like yeah. I, I even said that to Connor the other day when I saw him over the weekend. I was like, wait, you're going to Hawaii? And he was like, I know. I was like, you're in. <laughs> They're in. Um, yeah, I feel like that he's been on a family trip before, but it was like to a cabin. This is like really a really you know it's a big trip and um I feel like it's just really up close and personal with my family for like 10 days (laughs) it's gonna be awesome but it's gonna be really fun my parents rented this like Airbnb on the beach um on the big island and we have two cars so like my sister who loves to hike can go do that I can just go be on the beach (laughs) (laughs) reading I bought so many books um snorkeling we have like a few excursions planned doing like a snorkeling day like a boat day and then we have this like night snorkeling excursion which will be really fun you guys are so cool I'm jealous I I can't believe I'm doing this again I think honestly I wouldn't do it again except that my mom wants to bring Connor and Mark to see it because I that's really so cute (laughs) it was really cool last time because like they light up the water and these enormous manta rays are swimming around and they're like they're enormous I've seen one yeah yeah they're they're enormous like their mouths could swallow you whole um and so they're in the dark water and like they're all lit up. It's so, it's so cool. But at the same time, you're in the water and you're like, well, I can only see like 20 feet around me. What else is in the water with me? Yeah, that's actually terrifying. I don't think I could do that. Although yeah. very, very cool. Yeah. I um I actually have a funny story about a manta ray. In what, during COVID, John and I went and lived with his mom for like probably like six weeks yeah, in Florida. Yeah, in Florida. She lives on the beach. And um, we got a kayak. Like, his, they, like, borrowed friends. And we went on a kayak. And, like, you're so close to the water, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> when you're on the kayak. Yeah. And we just, like, it was so fun because, like, we're in the ocean kayaking. And you're, like, seeing all this wildlife. And all of a sudden, a giant-ass manta ray swam up, like, was right next to our uh, kayak and it was terrifying they're huge but they're like the most harmless creatures yeah yeah so yeah. it's cool but yeah they're freaking huge that reminds me of the time that I was standing in the water in Florida with my friend in Marco Island and this man was kind of like shouting to us and I was like I wonder what he's saying and then I looked down and saw a giant gray blob next to me and I freaked out I started like screaming we ran to shore and then I found out it was a manatee Oh and I thought God. it was a great white shark. <laughs> <laughs> and that man was probably like, those freaks. <laughs> Literally the gentlest creature on this planet. A sea wait, cow. Wait, okay. L- my last story. We're just talking about all the wildlife we encountered. But yeah, the topic will be marine life. <laughs> <laughs> but one time, I was like pretty young, like early teens, maybe not even a teenager. And I was in Charleston for a wedding. And, um, like I wasn't with any other people my age and I was like, I really want to go swimming in the ocean, but like everyone's in their twenties and cool. Like all my cousins are just a lot older than me on that side of my family. 
And so my mom was like, I'll go out. Like even my brother, who's like, he's just like pretending to be part of the big kids, even though he's really closer to my age. Anyway, um, so my mom was like, I'll take you to the beach. I'll watch you while you go swim. So she came with me. It's like a dead beach. Like there's some beaches in Charleston that are just like very secluded. Yeah. And so there's no one out there, but I'm swimming and whatever. All of a sudden, I look back and my mom's just like frantically waving me in, like frantic. She said she couldn't even speak because she was so scared and she wasn't yelling or anything. She was just frantically waving me in. And I was like, what? What? And then just like panic rose inside of me. And I was like, "Okay, I'm coming. And I started running in. I'm scared. My mom was like terrified. She thought she saw she saw a fin (sighs) next to me and thought it was a shark. We look back two dolphins. Oh, we're right. She was like. Sadie, they were right next to you. I had no idea. But they apparently they're right next to me. And that's why she was like freaking panicking, thinking oh it was a shark. God. Yeah. But yeah, two dolphins. Which honestly, like I in the moment to my mom, I was like, I was like, what the heck? I could have been swimming with dolphins. But if I had seen them, I would have lost my shit. Yeah. I had that similar thing happened to me. Oh my god, here we go. <laughs> I know we here had we so go. many life stories. But I was on a boat in the Caribbean with my family and it was like the kind of boat that has a slide. And so they like stopped the boat in the middle of the ocean and then I went down the slide and was like oh, treading water. Into the water, yeah. In the ocean. And then the people on the boat were like pointing and I looked below and I just see like a gray shape coming up at me, but it was a dolphin. Oh my god. But for a second I was like, oh my God, I'm about to die. Yeah. But then I did swim with a dolphin and it was really cool. Naturally in the wild? In the well, yeah, it just kind of swam around me and the boat guy was like, "Oh, this dolphin loves always come up to the boat." Oh, he's like familiar. Wow, yeah. that's so cool. But you swim with dolphins too, you just didn't know. I just didn't know and we all thought it was a shark. So <laughs> man. Wow. How lovely. I love I love wildlife. It's so funny. I am like literally obsessed with orcas ever since I watched blackfish which, which is I'm, a funny I way know. for you to be obsessed with orcas because that documentary is sad and traumatizing i know <laughs> and every time i show everyone they're like sadie why do you love this and i think i'm just so fascinated like i'm just <laughs> it's so incredible how in in uh intentional they are for those and, who haven't seen Blackfish, it's not like a nice like, oh, here's orcas in the wild. No, it's like the SeaWorld documentary where they capture orcas. The orca goes insane in captivity and then kills a SeaWorld worker. Yes, but there's many. <laughs> there's like a lot of stories and a lot of other just information about orcas in it. And it's just very interesting. And I'm not I'm anti SeaWorld. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm anti all of those those types of water life anything like sea world yeah and so i am against that i want that to be very clear i it just was like these animals are so interesting to me and now i'm obsessed um and so i will be going to seattle with um isabel one day to go and see them yes yes it's and then we'll have the another wildlife story for you yes <laughs> i'll funny. be recapping it like it's that fucking taylor swift concert <laughs> <laughs> it's funny sadie her boyfriend and I just send each other reels of people encountering whales because <laughs> of this fascination of Sadie's with whales. It's um, just like you guys, but like it's not even me sending the videos. It's like you two going back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> John just tags me in videos. He's like, is this in Seattle? I'm like, probably. <laughs> so we're all going to go to Seattle and we're going to go whale watching. Um, 
I that never even occurred to me to do when I was growing up there. So this will be my first time. I can't wait. I cannot <laughs> wait. One day. One day. Okay, well, you know what? Speaking of the ocean. Oh my gosh. What a nice that transition. transition was perfect. <laughs> I know. Yeah, let's get into our chapters because um we have a strict deadline of having to cut this off because Sadie has to go to the airport. So yeah. <laughs> we gotta get into it. <laughs> These were some really good chapters. The plot is it's not like developing, it's happening. We're in it. You know? Yeah. We get yeah. some action scenes. Yeah. Okay, so remember we left off with Feyre and Reese and Amran in the summer court, Feyre being super jealous and super sad because she had thought her and Reese had been vibing the past few days or weeks with the notes they've been passing, their flirty banter, with the wrapping his wings around her. But she's like, maybe that's just him keeping me together because I'm his weapon and he needs me to accomplish this mission. Which is a sad thought. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? That's fine, I guess. Like, we can still be friends or companions or whatever. This doesn't affect it. But then she has a really sad quote. She says, it had just been a relief to think that for a moment he might have been as lonely as me. Yeah. I. This is kind of exactly what you were saying in the last episode where it's like, I'm so lonely, but I'm not lonely alone (laughs) yeah so now it's like oh if he's not lonely as lonely as me either then I'm even more alone than I thought yeah yeah sad yeah so she is being dramatic here like she was being dramatic on the boat and then this morning she's like I don't want to see him right now I, I have more grace for her today than I did when we were recapping in the last episode. I don't know why. I feel like I just, I think I also kind of do that. Like post, po- like I'm like super social, but then after I like re- overthink everything. So I feel like she's kind of doing what I have in a, in a more dramatic sense where it's like, oh, like I, you know, I've been getting along so well with him for so long or for the past few weeks. And now all of a sudden she's just like overthinking everything and is like, yeah, no, he probably just hates me. Probably just using me. She's wallowing in yeah. her sadness. Yeah. For sure. She doesn't want to see if he and Cressida come to breakfast together. She just wants to be sad and be alone. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. It's a little bit dramatic. For, it's, it's dramatic. For what she saw, you know. Yeah. She doesn't even know if they hooked up or not, but. She just needs to be secluded and in her feels, and that's fine. Happens to the best of us. Mm -hmm. So she just lies in bed. She skips breakfast until she's supposed to meet Tarquin, and she's just in her bath. She's playing with her water powers. She's getting pretty good. She can Mm -hmm. make little animals, like butterflies and stuff, with water. So that's cool. And then she goes to meet Tarquin, who has been in meetings with Reese and the crew. They come out of their meeting, and Feyre refuses to look at Reese or Cressida. And I'm like, Farah. Don't make it so obvious. It's a little bit like she's punishing him in this moment. But you got to play cool, girl. Like, no, normally she's so good about that. Of, like, playing it cool like she doesn't really care. She opts for revenge <laughs> here. Which I respect. She's like, I'm jealous. I'm going to make him jealous. So she can feel Reese assessing her, like staring at her obviously she's not looking at him but she's fully 
shielded up, not letting him see at all what's on her, what's on her mind. And then Tarquin's like, shall we? And Feyre takes his arm, still without so much as looking or acknowledging at Reese. And then she can feel Reese against her shields, but she can't tell what he's saying. She thinks he's either telling her to be careful with Tarquin or he's also feeling jealous. She's like definitely feeling jealous. Yeah. And this whole encounter, and I said this, I predicted this last episode too, this whole encounter, I was like, relax, Pharaoh, they didn't hook up. Like, I knew. I knew in the last episode that they didn't actually hook up. Well, Feyre doesn't know. <laughs> she does. <laughs> she does not know. And she, again, she's in the mood for a little revenge. Yeah. So she feels his brush of jealousy, which makes her just step closer to Tarquin. And then she smiles at him. She says something like, I gave him a pretty mindless smile. One I haven't given to anyone in a while. Yeah. We know is not the most chipper of girlies. So... It's not like she's just out and about throwing around smiles at at people, at Reese. Yeah. Her smiling at someone is a big deal. Right. And she feels the whatever feeling of emotion that Reese had been sending her way go silent at that. (laughs) Yeah. So Tarquin. Yeah. (laughs) So Tarquin brings her to his hall of treasure. And Feyre is using this as her opportunity to scope out where the book could be. Like, is it in his trove? I, you know, originally, I think reading this, it's like, well, no, he's not going to show you the book. Like, he's yeah. not, not going to be on the tour. So she's using this to see if she gets any sort of, you know, spidey sense as to where it is. And she's in this trove of treasure and jewels and dresses and weapons but she doesn't get any feeling telling her that the book is close by. And so Feyre asks him like, oh, what's the most valuable thing in here? Which is like not very subtle, Feyre. And he's like thinking of stealing something. And she's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, I'd say I'm looking at the most valuable thing in here. Damn. Like talking about Feyre. Feyre has a way with high lords. They really are taken by her, but they just all feel connected to her, I think. Yeah. Especially, like, after um, Under the Mountain. And they obviously could see, like, how hard she loves and would, like, sacrifice for people she's loyal to. Also, I after this whole scene with him, he kind of... Might be my new favorite character. Really? Yeah. Like, I just think he's so smart and, like, such a good person. Like, like I, he, I haven't seen Lucian in a while, who was my former favorite. I was going to say, dethroning Lucian? I know. We haven't seen him in a while, so it's hard. Out of sight, out of mind. But right now, Tarquin is up there. I feel like he has still some of the witty banter that Lucian brings to the table, but is also, like, really nice and... A calm, like, I feel calm when he's in the scene. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I like him. That's nice. Um, Where do Cassian and Asriel fall on your favorite character list? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Because that's that's your court. They're your inner circle. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. I I wonder if, like, I don't really, like, think... 
You know, can we revisit that in the next episode? Sure. I'm gonna try to rank all of the the um the characters, characters like the main characters we've met so far because there's also like a I also after this set of chapters really like another character. So we'll okay. get to that. Okay. If okay. it's Amran, I'm gonna be shocked. Okay, so next episode, Sadie is gonna come with a list ranking all her Ranking all the characters that we've met in order of my favorite, your favorites, and why. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm gonna just forewarn that like my feelings are just my whys are gonna mostly just be like I'm just feeling yeah, I'm just, just feeling this yeah yeah okay. that's fine okay. that's fine. But yeah, I like Tarquin. He's very nice, but he's also you know he's direct. Yeah, he's not he's not shy. Yeah. And Ferris sees a necklace with black diamonds on it that catches her attention. And then he sees her looking at it and tells her to take it. She's like, what? No, I can't take it. And he says, it's a thank you for under the mountain. He also says, you were the first person who didn't laugh at my idea to break down class barriers. Even Cressida snickered when I told her, if you won't accept the necklace for saving us, then take it just for that. And Ferris like... I should really just ask him for the book. Like, he's a good man. (laughs) He might just give it to me. But she doesn't. And then he starts telling her that he could use an ally in the North. And Feyre starts to feel like almost a little wary of him. Kind of afraid in this moment because he's starting to talk like politics. Yeah. Um, He's trying to convince her of something or persuade her to do something. Well, he's trying to like... um suggest that suggest her be his in at the night court yeah but i don't even think he means it in a way of like being deceitful to resand no and i but i think at first she gets worried that he's asking her to do that yeah she just gets worried because he's bringing up this idea of her being yeah like the inn with resand and she's just very all of a sudden aware that she's very alone with a high lord underground yeah no one really knows where they are and so she's like oh my god yeah uncomfortable but um he's like no no no, you don't have to be afraid of me and then she says i wondered if my scent was that readable and i just wrote down i hate that fake and like smell everything yeah (laughs) it's weird i've said that like i just hate I like I I appreciate the use of all the senses, but like I really don't need the smells. No, it's weird. I hate that. Not only if I was afraid someone could see it, but smell it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, like a fucking horse. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Oh, what do you mean a horse? Don't they like? Can't they like smell your fear? Oh, just... can they smell fear? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, like they can sense when you're afraid, uneasy. Yeah, when oh. you're riding them. Maybe they just say that to you to get you to calm down when you're riding a horse. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's weird. But anyway, Tarquin says it's just that Feyre has a certain sway with Resand, and Reese is notoriously difficult to deal with because Reese gets what he wants. He has plans he doesn't tell anyone about until after he's completed them, and he doesn't apologize for any of it, which, like... He just nailed Reese to a T. Yeah. <laughs> but then he continues on. He's like skeptical of Reese Ann's bad boy know, image. Yeah. Because he sees how like, 
pleasant Pharaoh is and what he did for him under the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Tarquin's saying that Reese will be a good ally because even though the other high lords say he's dangerous and bad, Tarquin knows that one, Reese spared Tarquin's life when it would have just taken a word and Tarquin would have died too. And two, he thinks that Reese was really doing all of Amarantha's dirty work and like was being her whore as a way to keep her attention away from the others. Yeah. And like work his plans to his benefit. And he says he can see the kindness in Feyre to your point. And so he knows that Reese can't be fully bad. And it makes him think that both of them have some secrets that they're not telling people about. And Feyre's like, stop. I need to stop you right there. I can't tell you anything and I can't promise anything. I only serve the night court. And Tarquin's like, no, no, no. Yeah, my bad. I'm still learning how these dynamics work. I'm still new. And Feyre says, I hope you stay that way, basically. Like, I hope you never learn to play those political games. Yeah. And then he asks her, asks her the question I'm sure he's wanted to know since she's arrived, which is, if it's true, she left Tamlin because he locked her up in the house. And Feyre says yes. And Tarquin says, I'm not going to tell him that you're here. Which is a, a big deal because he borders the spring court, so they have certain ties. But Tarquin is going to ignore the law, not tell Tamlin that Feyre is in the summer court. And that's And this whole conversation is where he really... Moved up in the ranks. Yeah. Now that I have to actually rank them, I'm going to hold back on saying he's my favorite. Okay. <laughs> um, because that was bold. But, um, but, um, but yeah, I really liked, I really liked the way he, he just showed how emotionally intelligent he is by his reflection on his theories with Resand and her and. Yeah. And, and kind of just in the same way as him wanting to get rid of the class structures, he also is willing to just recognize when the laws aren't correct. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He has a fresh Pharaoh. perspective being a new high totally. lord. Totally. Yeah. So then they, you know, change the subject and banter a little. And he says to her what she said to him the night before that was slightly cringy but it's also nice that Feyre is someone who is easy to love and easier to be her friend and I was like that doesn't sound like our Feyre <laughs> <laughs> but with Tarquin I guess she is like she's very she's been light very pleasant and pleasant and yeah so Tarquin continues giving her the tour but she still doesn't feel the book anywhere so basically this this was a bust and she needs to figure out where it is because Reese and Amarin can only keep up this pretense of having all these meetings for so long. So Feyre's praying that she'll find it and find it fast, but she's also like, I really hope I can find it and not hate myself any more than I currently do because she really likes Tarquin. Yeah, yeah. So then Feyre comes back to her room and Reese is lounging on her bed. <laughs> they still have not talked but clearly he you know is over that bs he's over that want, wants to chat favor's like what what do you want and he's like flirting with and giggling with tarquin did no good then and she basically has to say no but i got a necklace <laughs> <laughs> 
And then Feyre tells Reese what she was thinking before, which is that Tarquin's a good man and Reese should just tell him the situation and ask him for the book. And Reese says, so one day of him flirting with you and you're just going to cave and tell him all our plans? And Feyre tells him about what Tarquin said about wanting Reese's alliance. And Reese says the worst thing he could say, which is bringing up Cressida. He says, oh, well, Cressida told me that Tarquin's rather ambitious, so I'd still be careful of him if I were you. And Pharaoh's like, oh, did she tell you that before, during, or after you took her to bed? Proud of her. I'm just straight up asking. <laughs> straight up. And Reese is like, oh, so that explains a lot. Like, is that why you wouldn't look at me this morning? And then he stands up and come towards her. And he says, jealous, Pharaoh." And she's like, if I'm jealous, then you're jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and then Reese says, do you think I particularly liked having to flirt with a lonely female to get information about her court and her high lord? Do you think I feel good about myself doing that? Do you think I enjoy doing it just so you have the space to ply Tarquin with your smiles and pretty eyes so that we can get the book and go home? And Vera's still not letting it go. She's like, well, you seem to be enjoying yourself enough last night. And Reese has to give her like the play by play of like what they did and where he took her. And like we went for drinks. She told me about her life. I walked her home. I waited for you this morning, but you were avoiding me. And I tried to catch your attention this afternoon, but you wouldn't look at me. And Feyre's like, oh, like did that get under your skin? <laughs> and Reese says, what got under my skin is that you smiled at him. <laughs> He's like, you've never smiled at me. Literally, that's exactly what he's saying. (laughs) And Vera's like, you are jealous. And then this is sad. I feel bad for Reese here. But he pours a drink and then explains that he heard what Vera said to Tarquin the night before about being easy to love. And he's jealous that he won't be that kind of person for anyone. Like Tarquin will never have to worry about someone not wanting to be with him because of the threat on their life. The summer court's pretty neutral. They don't face the same kind of threats or have the same kind of enemies. And Reese says, I will always be jealous of him because it will always be easy for him. And he will never know what it is to look up at the night sky and wish. I love how all of their conversations are always like petty and uh, like, just bantery and then it always turns into like a little deep undertones yeah very yeah. vulnerable and he, so he says this about looking up at the night sky and wishing and favors internally thinking like the court of dreams like she's thinking about cassian and more who are not by prithian standards someone who should be in a ruling position or necessarily respected and so she's listing all the people in the court because, like, all of them are kind of, like, misfits or, you know, whatever, or whatever. But she also lists herself. Yeah. She calls herself a huntress with an artist's soul. So she's, like, considering herself as one of them for the first time. They're kind of, like, the misfits. Literally. The courts. Literally. And this softens Vera up because she says this is the most vulnerable thing that Reese has said to her. So she walks over to where he is and pours herself a drink too, makes eye contact with him and says, to the people who look up at the stars and wish, Reese. And then the last few lines of this chapter are, 
He picked up his glass, his gaze so piercing that I wondered why I had bothered blushing at all for Tarquin. Reese clinked his glass against mine and said, to the stars who listen and the dreams that are answered. And that's the last line of chapter 34. And it's a little cheesy, but it's also really cute. It's beautiful. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, it's I liked cute. It. I liked it. It was a good chapter. I'm glad we didn't go on for like multiple chapters of having beef with Resand because because he was making eyes at another woman. Yeah, I didn't want I didn't want to carry on that narrative. It's him and Feyre. <laughs> they both know it. Um, do you think anything would ever happen with her and Tarquin? She does like him. No, no, no. Not truly. No, not truly. But they have a they have a kinship too. But I know what happens in the next three chapters. Yeah, that's true. She steals from him. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so two day- days go by and Reese and Amarin continue with meetings. I kind of wonder like what they're talking about in these meetings for now, like three or four days, because what? This is all a pretense for Feyre to just be there and do yeah, her work. Yeah, it's like a fake meeting. Yeah. So is Reese just... Is Reese just- not giving him actual information that he has about the King of Highburn? Yeah, like what is Reese talking about? I don't know. Anyway. But I trust him. Man with a plan, remember? He he has a lot Shall- of plans. Yeah. And during this time, Feyre's just wandering around the city and practicing her water magic, and she finally has some control over her powers. That's great. And as Feyre's walking through the city, she's seeing the destruction and seeing all of the people around who had been captured by Amarantha, who were helping rebuild, who were, like, coming back to life with the city. And Farah for the first time, starts to feel less guilty. She says, I had done a terrible thing to save them, but I had saved them. And it would never be enough to atone, but I did not feel quite so heavy, despite not finding a glimmer of the book's presence. Growth. I wrote growth, too. <laughs> And are you so happy she's not as emo anymore? Yes. Yes. Like, I'm fine with us talking about how you did kill two people, but (laughs) we got to, like, it's got to, you got to start seeing the light, you know? And she is. She is. It's helping. Like, just seeing the, I mean, in the spring court, she never got to, like, really help or see the people who benefited from her sacrifices yeah you know because she wasn't let out of the house and then valeris they were already fine there yeah like she just sees that as reese yeah so now she's actually seeing people who all were trapped for 50 years and now they're free yeah because of her so so she's walking up the steps of the palace that day And she's watching the tide go out and she sees a little piece of land that has been revealed by the tide going out. Mm -hmm. And there's a little building on the land that would be totally covered for most of the day. Okay, wait. So right before that, she is walking by like a balcony or something Mm -hmm. and she sees Amryn Mm -hmm. and Varian. Mm -hmm. And... This is like the third or fourth time where we've just been given like a pointless little scene of those two interacting. Yeah. And it like seems like she, you know, theorizes that it's like been Amron's job to distract like the leader of their defense 
while they, you know, get their job done. But it just seems like there's been multiple times where we've just gotten a little scene of Amron with him for no reason. Yeah. And I'm like, something's going to happen between them. I don't, I have no idea. I have no theory, but something. Yeah. So the interactions we've seen so far, Varian, who again is the prince and like leads the armies yeah. for the summer court, immediately sees Amron as the biggest threat and like sizes her up, kind of following her around. And she loves it. Yeah. Also, like she loves being the problem. Yeah. So, yeah. So I doesn't really ever talk about them interacting, but like on the boat, I think they were like both out in the open air area, like near each other, but not talking. In this scene, she's like filing her nails and he's just like watching her from a different balcony. Yeah. 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 So I'm just curious of what's going to happen there because it seems unnecessary to tell us of these scenes. So... Unless there's unless something's gonna happen. That's so. true. It almost was hard to work into my summary because it's like Fair is walking up the stairs. Amarin's filing her nails. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So just throwing it out there. No, I'm glad you. I'm glad you happen. brought that up. Um. So yeah. So Fair sees this little piece of land, and this is her new lead, because this area would be totally covered for most of the day, and this is her only, the first time she's seen it because she's usually not this high up. So she needs to obviously make sure that this is where the book is hidden before trying to go break into the building. And Feyre crafts the oh, plan. Oh, yeah. Well, when she sees the building, she almost feel, she feels a subtle pull because she's kind of far. Yeah, she's kind of far. So she's like, I'm thinking this is where it is, but we're not going to go risk breaking into some place. Random thing if I'm not sure. If we're not sure. So... She has a plan. So later at dinner. Well, my original plan. Well, my original thought was that her plan was going to be kind of like solo mission. But I thought she was going to. When the tide is up and the building's covered, I thought she was going to maybe be able to use her powers to be able to breathe underwater and swim into it and get it but um so that was my original prediction because she said that like a lot of the people have like webbed hands and they have gills and stuff like the people that live in the summer court yeah so i thought maybe she could like harness that with her powers but she should have tried (laughs) oh shit can she do that i don't know but i she should have tried because as we see later she definitely could not breathe underwater yeah (laughs) (laughs) but anyway um, so she is at dinner with the group and she's sitting next to Tarquin telling him about her day in the city. She's being her most charming self. She's wearing a necklace he gives to her. She's smiling at him. He's asking her to go walking with him tomorrow. And Farah says, I'd like that. Perhaps we could go for a walk in the morning down the causeway when the tide is out. There's that little building along the way. It looks fascinating. And Cressida stops speaking and makes eye contact with Tarquin. Which is all the confirmation that Feyre needs. Yeah. And Tarquin says, oh, it's just a temple ruin. Nothing to see. And then at this moment, they're still eating like everything's going on as usual. But Feyre hurls herself into his mind because she can see that he's a little bit wary with her bringing this up. And he has his shields up, obviously, but Feyre can get through because she taps into the part of herself that is from Tarquin. Yeah, it was kind of like what Reese said previously 
where she by mis- she like slipped through his mental shield yeah and he was like it's possible that you tricked my shield thinking it was me because yeah. you have a part of me so she did the same thing to tarquin she tricked his shield into thinking it she was Tarquin. Yeah. She's like, I am Tarquin. I am the sea. I am summer. And then she gets <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. And then she does this thing where she kind of overrides his thoughts. So she's in his mind and she can see he's thinking like, why is she bringing up the temple? Why did they want to come here so badly? Why did she ask about my trove? But Pharaoh sends new thoughts into his brain. Yeah. Like she's harmless. She's sad. She, you saw her with your people. You saw how nice she is and how she treats you. She's your friend. She saved Prithian. Yeah. And then she pulls herself out of his mind and she can see that he is physically relaxed and he's just back to normal. He smiles at her and he's like, oh yeah, I'll meet you tomorrow unless Reese wants you for the meetings. So she fully just brainwashed him, brainwashed him, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. And Reese says, by all means, Tarquin, spend the day with my lady. And Feyre's like, he just called me his lady. (laughs) (laughs) But she's also like, wow, I can't believe I just did that. But also like, wow, I can't believe I just did that. (laughs) Like violated Tarquin. Yeah, she gets like very, her moral code is too, too intense for her own good. Like she's got to let it go. I compared this to when... Harry Potter performed the unforgivable curse on a goblin to get into Gringotts. Yeah. And I was like, he wasn't whining and being like, oh my God, he knows what the Gringotts did. Yeah. No, that's fair. The goblin was not his friend though. Yeah, that's true. But I agree. Like, obviously she had to do this in this situation, but Teresa's point, like, it's not something you ever want to get comfortable doing because right. that's a problem. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that's something you it's an have to needed do in, in a really dire situation. Yeah. So especially with someone like Tarquin. Yeah, but she's got she's got to relax. <laughs> <laughs> it had to happen. What? What? We was going to demand you and throw you out and then it was just a waste of your time. Right. We're in a time of war. Yeah. Time yeah. of war. So anyway, Reese comes to her room later and he compliments her and he says, you're such a quick learner. Like most Daimati would need years of training to do what you just did. And she's like, oh, you like you could see what I did. He was like, yeah, very, very clever girl. And Feyre says, he'll never forgive me. But Reese is like, he'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, and you, well, Reese actually says this, which now I'm like, he contradicts himself later. He says, and you get used to it. The sense that you're crossing a boundary, that you're violating them. For what it's worth, Reese is like, I didn't particularly enjoy doing that to Varian and Cressida, making them think that other things at the table were more interesting. So he was also like tag teaming like with Varian, with Cressida, brainwashing them yeah. at the same time. They make a good team. <laughs> a twisted, twisted team. <laughs> well, I think he just means like, you get used to it to where it's not it's not so shocking when you do it to yeah. yourself, but you never want to he I think he's just trying to say you never want to be doing it unless it's Yeah. Because Pharaoh says it doesn't feel right and he's like, Well good, it shouldn't, but tonight the benefits outweigh the risks. Right. Yeah. And then she's like, Is that what you told yourself when you went into my mind? What was the benefit of that? And I was like 
okay, well, he didn't alter your mind that we know of. Yeah. It's a tad different yeah. than reading your thoughts. Yeah. So Reese says, there are parts of your mind that I left undisturbed, things that belong solely to you and always will. And also, you scared the shit out of me for a long time, Feyre. Checking in that way, I couldn't very well stroll into the spring court and ask how you were doing, could I? And would she have told him? No. No. And then Amryn comes into the room. And she's immediately like, what a stupid place to hide a book. (laughs) (laughs) And Reese says, actually, it's a great place to hide a book because it's only visible for brief moments of the day. And the land is exposed to everyone. So no one can just go break in without guards being able to see them. Being seen, yeah. So Feyre's asks how they can get in, and Reese says, at night, he's going to fly them in and then keep watch. And Amryn says what I was thinking of, like, oh, how nice of you to do the easy part and let the women do the dirty work. <laughs> but Reese is like, well, someone has to be circling above, and, like, he needs he can read the thoughts of the guards, see if people, like, saw them and track them down and stuff. So it's going to be Feyre and Amryn. And Feyre says, okay, let's do this tomorrow night. Tomorrow, we can scope out the guards' rotation, figure out who they need to take out, and then tomorrow night, we attack. Marie says, you're thinking like an Illyrian. One of us. One of us. (laughs) She's a warrior. And then Feyre and Amryn leave for a midnight stroll to start their scoping out of the guards. And that's the end of chapter 35. So they kind of like all divide and conquer, like the two... I forget what you call them, like the people that dress. Nuala and Saradwin. Yeah. Um, the handmaidens. They, the what? Handmaidens. Handmaidens. So they like are already going to scope everything out. And he's like, I, and then Rhysand's like, I'm going to do this. Why don't you two go for a walk? Yeah. And scope out or whatever. And to me, it I just think that like based on history, Rhysand is very intentional and there's always like an underlying reason for everything. And so I was like, in that moment, I wrote down, um, I wonder why he sent Amran and Faye together other than, well, it just makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I'll be, you know, I'll be able to fly around and read people's minds and blah, blah, blah. Like I was like, there's another reason. And then we learn it later. Yeah. So you're so right. He needs to start telling people his plans. Yeah, I wrote that down it's later. Like not that big a deal. Like, like just to tell not them. everything has to be a secret. Yeah. I think it's um the way he was raised. <laughs> Bad parenting again. <laughs> Bad well, parenting just, strikes like, again. <laughs> well, when your whole life is surrounded by keeping an entire city a secret, it's like yeah. you just learn to only let people in on a need to know basis. Right. But it's just like he has his inner circle. That's yeah, a very small group. Them they can be told everything. Right. Right. And still do the things they need to do. Right. So anyway. So yeah. So the next day, Feyre says is torture because she has her walk with Tamra. Tam. Ta- Tarquin. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even say Tamla. I said Tamron. Someone <laughs> is missing Tammy Tam. <laughs> Just really wondering what he's up to. <laughs> anyway, she has her walk with Tarquin. She's meeting his people, seeing how good he is with his people, feeling so guilty about what she's about to do, trying to keep reminding herself that this deceit is for the greater good of stopping Highburn. 
And then later at dinner, it gets even worse because Reese mentions that the gang's plan is they're like, oh, we're going to leave tomorrow afternoon, by the way, going to get back to the night court. So Tarquin kisses Feyre on the cheek and says he wishes it was not her last evening here and perhaps he can come visit the night court soon. And she says, and she says she almost fell to her knees to beg for forgiveness. Moral code is too good, too, too great for her own good. And Reese's hand is on her back telling her to like keep it together. So she does. And then she goes back to her room and finds her Illyrian fighting leathers waiting for her along with her belt of knives. So she gets dressed for battle. Here we go. Here we go. I'm literally terrified this entire rest of the chapter. So this is another one. Remember how I said the Middengard worm scene? I never read that closely. Yeah. Because it's so gross. Yeah. This is another one that I never read that closely because I hate when people are trapped underwater, like in a movie or in yeah. a book. I hate it. I hate it. So I always just skim this part. So, you know, this is my first time really, really diving in. Yeah. So Reese flies them in. And then he goes to fly away and monitor the situation. They don't find any wards around the site itself, which is good, but weird. And Amron and Feyre are like knee deep in mud outside the chamber. And Feyre can feel that this is the right place. Like, yeah, the book is here. It's like yelling at her. Yeah. But the door is beneath the ground, like the mud that they're standing on. So Feyre and Amron are like clawing at the mud with their bare hands. And I'm like, you guys know you have magic, right? Like, Amran is super powerful. Feyre can literally control the ocean. Like, okay. They're just, like, digging. They're just digging with their hands. But anyway, they get to the lead door, which is sealed shut. And Amran says she would not be surprised if Tarquin and his predecessors have never set foot in here. Because you can just tell it's ancient. Yeah. But Feyre puts her hand on the door. And she wills herself to make the magic think, again, that she is Tarquin. And it sounds like, although she doesn't say definitively, that she physically becomes Tarquin. Yeah. Yeah. Like her hands turn Turn into man hands. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to think about the magic I just tapped into. Cough, cough. Tamlin. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. Shape-shifting. Yeah. So weird. And then she hears a click and a groan and the door opens for them. And it reveals a spiral staircase going down into the ground. Amrin, of all people, like, is paler than usual. Amrin is, like, scared the entire time, I feel. She's, like, way more weary than normal. Yeah. And she says it's because she's never encountered, like, the cauldron. But this is as close to the cauldron in terms of, like, the amount of power as you can get. And they can feel it. And she can feel it. She's like, if even a, a grain of its power feels like this, the cauldron must be terrible. Yeah. So they go down the stairs and there's a hall and a chamber down there. But they're also waist deep in this oily, gross water. And Amron's like, okay, we got to go quickly because this place probably fills up when the tide comes back in. Yeah. And so they go in slowly, but they still don't see a trap. And then they get to the end of the hall to the second door. And Feyre can feel that the book is in there. And Amron's Amron's like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) So Pharaoh again wills herself to be ta- to be I wrote Tamlin again. What is wrong with me? Oh my god. Pharaoh wills herself to be Tarquin. And the door opens to a new chamber and they see it's protected from the water flowing in and the chamber only holds a round chair 
and a pedestal with a small lead box on top of it. So Amran steps inside and she's like, okay, got to grab it. Let's be quick. Feyre steps closer. She can hear the book whispering to her like, who are you? Come closer. Let me see you. Which is creepy. Amran says, okay, no wards, no spells. You have to remove it and carry it out. And then Amran's like, do it now. The tide's coming back in. And Feyre's like, already? But Amran says maybe the sea is one of the defense mechanisms. So it's like coming back quicker because it knows someone is. It knows someone's breaking in. So Feyre doesn't want to pick up the book because getting close to that amount of power is throwing her off. But then she reaches out her hand, pretends to be Tarquin again as she's getting closer. She snatches up the box. And the last line of the chapter is an ancient, cruel voice hissed liar and the door slammed shut. Dun, dun, dun. You are welcome for not leaving you on this cliffhanger. I literally (laughs) died. I thought when I got there, I was like, what a blessing. What a good friend. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you're welcome for this gift. (laughs) Yeah, truly. I mean, we do like have kind of a cliffhanger on the next one but not nearly as bad as this would have been no no not at all so chapter 37 we'll get right into it this chapter opens with amron screaming no and then water tumbles downstairs filling the chamber ferris stuffs the book into her jacket amron's using her own magic to burst open the door but that only lets in more water it's now like up to their heads Feyre follows Amran, who's now climbing out into the hallway. The water's still rising. Feyre grabs Amran and, like, hoists her onto her back because Amran's a lot shorter than she is. Yeah. They're making their way to the stairs. And Feyre's thinking, like, where the fuck is Reese? Yeah. Like, can't he feel my panic? <laughs> yeah. Or that things are not going well? Yeah. So Amran's holding out her hand to keep, like, the water current off of them so they can at least get through. But when they get to the stairs, a wall of water pours down onto them. And both Feyre and Amran's power can't stop it. And then they see the door at the top of the stairs slide shut. And Feyre wrote, sealing us into a watery tomb. And she's like, I'm dead. I'm dying. This is the end. <laughs> yeah, they're fully underwater. Amran's swimming towards the door, trying to open it, but she can't. Feyre's lungs are already burning. She's trying everything. Like her, she, her hands have turned into claws. She's clawing at the door. Nothing happens. But Amran's trying to like use her magic to burst it open again. It's nothing not happens. Working. But then the door is ripped away. But not by Feyre, not by Amran, by three water wraiths who... So it said like webbed fingers at first, and I thought it was like high fey of summer court, oh. and I thought they were caught because they just she first says like I see like the webbed hands, and yeah. earlier they said that the people had like webbed webbed fingers, but it's the water wraiths. It's the water wraiths. So shout out to the wraith that Feyre gave the jewelry to at the time. I literally wrote. Karma is my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What goes around comes around. Feyre is getting her debt That good, good karma. Yeah. So the wraiths snatch Feyre and Amran up and they speed swim them up to the surface, which is like Feyre is not 
making it like she's like swallowing water as she yeah is being dragged up but she gets to the surface they like punch her in the stomach so she throws up all the water that she just <laughs> swallowed and Amarin too and then the one in the middle says our sister's debt is paid they and then away. they're gone i wonder how they opened the door though they have don't they have weird powers i don't know they must yeah. but yeah yeah know. I mean, they are literally, like, the sea, right? They probably have yeah. some sway with the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but thank God her and Amron were about to die. Like, yeah. Reese, as we learned, did not even know they were in trouble. So her and Amron swim to shore and then collapse and kind of pass out. But then Feyre opens her eyes to Reese, like, poking her with his foot. He's like, what are you guys doing? And Amron says, where the hell were you? And he's like, you guys set off every alarm you could have possibly set off. I was I was keeping the guards from going and telling you. And she was like, well, why do you think the alarms were set off? Because we were dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I thought you had it covered. And Amron is like, that freaking place nullified my powers. We almost drowned. And Reese is like, well, I didn't feel anything anything through the bond. And Amber is like, you dumb hoe. Like, it, <laughs> not, magic wasn't working there. Like, it, it nullified the bond or whatever. Yeah. And Reese is just like, okay, well, did you get it? Like, no, no. <laughs> They're all just regard. yelling at each other. Like, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. No regard for their well-being. He's like, did you get it? And favorite taps her jacket. She did. And then he's like, good. And then they look up and there's people darting around. And he goes... I missed some guards and then they <laughs> vanish. <laughs> they went up back to the townhouse where they land covering the floor with sand and water. And I was really sorry to interrupt. Oh, I was really hoping that they were going to be able to make it back to their rooms and oh. like the guards like storm in and just see that they're in their rooms. Like what? What's going on? You know what I mean? Like playing yeah. it off because I really didn't want the relationship to be yeah. damaged. But now they're going to know. Yeah. Between Farah asking about it and then them being then the alarms being sent off and then them being gone, like the summer court obviously knows that they broke in. Yeah. I mean it was gonna be I guess in the ideal world where I guess the plan was they steal the book, no one knows, and then they were supposed to leave anyway, but That's what I was I was hoping that would happen. I didn't want yeah. the relationship to be ruined. I know, it's sad because we like, like Tarquin. Tarquin. Yeah. But yeah, they go back to the townhouse. So goodbye, Summer Court. A very abrupt departure. And Cassian's like, what the hell? And Reese is like, yeah, I'd like to hear an explanation as to what happened also. And Amron's also like, uh, yeah, I would like to hear what's what's just happened with those people. Yeah. The wraiths. Yeah. So favorite tells her about the tithe and giving her jewelry to the wraith and then Amarin starts dying of laughter and she's like only someone with a human heart would do something like that and she's almost like it's so but she just stops herself and she says whatever luck you live by girl thank the cauldron for it and then they both kind of look at each other and just start cracking up like in hysterics over what just happened it's like such a cute moment for them so amarin is the character that you like yes yes i literally wrote omg her and amarin are besties now (laughs) (laughs) because the tone like you don't get it as much through the recap of the the summary but like 
while they're underneath and and stuff they're kind of like you know she's like come on like duh let's hurry up like i want to get out of here and then but as soon as like their lives are in danger like favor throws her on her back they're like get out like they're like working together so much and then they like survive and they're catching their breath and they just start and then like reese is kind of like what the hell are you two doing? And she's like, we, you know, yeah. they're like just a team in this yeah. moment. And then them coming back and like looking at each other and just cracking up about how they almost died together. Like I was just like, Oh my God, that was like the last member of the inner circle that she really needed to like have a connection with. And they bonded, they bonded. They really did. Yeah. So they're dying of laughter and Reese just goes, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and then Amron uses her magic to clean Feyre off. And Feyre brings out the book. And Reese says, one last task, Feyre. Unlock it, please. So Feyre puts her hand on top of it. And it says, hello, liar. And then Feyre gets it to open. And Wait, wait, wait. So it says, um, when she, I can't remember the exact words, but she's kind of like having conversation back and forth with it. It's like, doesn't want to open for her. And she's like, bitch, open, you know, whatever. And then it says curse breaker and then opens for her. And I was almost thinking like, so the book knew she was the curse breaker, that she is this like culmination of all of the high Lord's powers. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if the entire time she just needed to be the curse breaker instead of trying to be Tarquin and being deceitful. Like maybe if she had just been the curse breaker the entire time. And not lied to it and said, yeah. I'm Tarquin. It would have let her take it with a, without any issues. Yeah. There's no fool in the book. Yeah. 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 No, that's a good theory. Because it knows she's not Tarquin, but it still opens for her. Yeah. So Fair gets it to open. And it's not a book with, like, paper or English writing. Yeah. <laughs> It's a collection of dark metal plates bound on rings with an alphabet that Feyre does not recognize. And then she goes, it turned out my reading lessons were unnecessary. (laughs) I I literally wrote, I'm glad you have that tone as well, because I literally wrote, Feyre, your reading lessons were necessary, okay? You need to learn to read. (laughs) I, in all caps, wrote, remember when being illiterate almost killed you? Yeah. (laughs) Still necessary. Oh, my God. But anyway, Feyre doesn't recognize <coughs> this language, but Amarin does. Amarin says, this is no language of this world. She says it's Lishon Hakodesh, <laughs> the holy tongue. Yeah, let's just go with that. Holy tongue. The holy tongue. And this is a big deal because Amarin's looking at this alphabet like, whoa, and reset, or not the alphabet, but the the language like whoa and reese says he heard a legend that the book was written in a tongue of mighty beings who feared the cauldron's power and made the book to combat it mighty beings who were in this world and then vanished which was you know similar to the story of origin yes amarin's origin story so basically amarin is the only one who can decode this so Reese was really making a gamble here that this theory was right, that Amron would be able to read it, given that she's this ancient creature thing. But Reese also says that this book may contain the spell to free her and send her home. And Cassian's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Reese says he didn't tell her his suspicions because he didn't want to get her hopes up. But if the legends were right, then this is what Amarin's been looking for. And again, I'm like, see, I think you could have told her. I don't see. I don't think this needed to be a secret. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like, hey, Feyre, you might be the one to read the book. Amarin might be the one to read the book. 50-50 chance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would that have been so hard? Yeah. No, I agree. And But this does feel like a huge fucking deal yeah. to Amarin, like, in the moment. But it's also like, you've been on this planet for so, or in this world, like, for so long, like... You have this little family in the inner circle. Like, what do you mean you're just going to, like, go back? I mean, who knows if she if the book will really even have that, those answers. But I was just like, what do you mean? Like, You're like, I just started liking her. Yeah. You're just yeah, going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amron says she needs the other half of the book first. So hopefully they can get that from the queens soon so she can start decoding it. And then Amron says thank you to Reese. Is, this is a big deal for her. And then Azrael asks, okay, so even if the book can nullify the cauldron, what about Jurian? Because that's like a loose piece here. Like, it, yeah, it still doesn't make sense why they would want him. Yeah, they're trying to nullify the cauldron, but jury, the issue of Jurian being risen is still at play, and that's still confusing. And Reese says he's been thinking a lot about this and that he knows Jurian is obsessive or was obsessive in his pursuits and left many things unfinished when he died. And then more chimes in mentioning, oh, like you think Miriam, which has she has that name been mentioned? Is Miriam Amarantha's sister? No. OK, then I don't know who that is. So, yeah, I don't I didn't think she had been mentioned before, but I sometimes lose track. So, Moore mentions Miriam. Reese says, Odds are Jurian believes she's dead, and who better to raise his former lover than a king with a cauldron able to resurrect the dead? And then... It still doesn't make sense why the king of Hyburn would resurrect Jurian. And then they... I think Cassian's like, is that reason enough for him to stand with Hybern? Because Jurian led the human armies against Hybern. Yeah, it's so confusing. But then they mention something about revenge against Dracon. We don't know any of these people. Fair doesn't know who these people are. She's too tired to ask. And she literally says, like, I made a mental note to ask later (laughs) who these people are. All my my predictions that I wrote were, like, going off of Miriam being Amberantha's sister. So I was trying to make sense of things. But she's not even her sister, so we'll just move on. Okay. <laughs> what was the theory if she was a sister? Well, I was just like... Her sister was Clythia. The name just gave came to oh, me. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking that maybe Amarantha had the story wrong, and maybe maybe Jurian did really love Clythia, but then Clythia fell in love with the, the Dracon, and so then he like wanted to get revenge on Dracon... But then, and like Dracon killed Clythia, but then Amarantha thought Jurian killed him, so she went off to Jurian. But I don't really like. I, it, there's no point in me saying all this because Miriam is not Clythia. No, I'm sorry, but I like the complexity of that. <laughs> I was really trying to form something. Yeah, so this means nothing to us yet, but we can assume we'll find out more later. Still, a lot of question marks around Jurian, but good news is we're one step closer to being able to nullify the cauldron 
with half the book. So let's go. So we're getting places. So Feyre's too tired to, to even talk. She almost drowned like 20 minutes ago. So Amarin's telling the gang the full story. Feyre looks to find Reese's eyes on her and lowers her shields a moment to say via telepathy to the dreams that are answered. And then Reese in her mind says to the huntresses who remember to reach back for those less fortunate and water wraiths who swim very, very fast. And that is the end of chapter 37. I love how, you know how um, when two people have a connection, you just say, oh, there's just like this unspoken connection, like yeah. unspoken love. I'm like, there's is truly that. Yeah. They can, they just, they have such a like higher level, that's not the right word, but level of intimacy that like literally no one else has. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's very sweet. Okay, so that's the end of this episode. Um, as we're going on vacation for two weeks, Sadie can only read the next three chapters until we record again. I know, and I'm I'm kind of thinking I'm not going to read until right before we record because for two reasons, three reasons. One, I want it to be fresh. Two, I'm afraid you'll leave me on a cliffhanger. Three, I'm already bringing two books to the beach, like my casual read and then terms and conditions for our little fun episode. So Mm -hmm. bonus episode. So I'm like, I don't need to bring three books just to read three chapters of this one. So I've made the decision that I feel closed enough where we're at to leave her at home for two weeks. Wow. Okay. It's big. I'm just, I don't trust you, to be honest, to not leave me on a cliffhanger. <laughs> Given my track record, that's fair. I mean, you would have thought you like came, maybe came back from that with these last ones, but <laughs> <laughs> if you had ended it at chapter 36, yeah, it was, I would be reading it on the airplane today, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like I'm in a good enough place to um, put Set it, it down. Yeah. Okay. We're in a safe place. We have the yeah. book. Fair yep. is, you know. She's mentally okay. Her and Reese Sand are okay. Her right and Reese are okay. Everything's okay. So that's good. We'll be uh, having a vibe change with our beach reads for the next two weeks and then come back. Yes. Yeah. Um, any quick thoughts on these chapters? Because you have eight minutes and then we have to go to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really good. I'm good. I got it out there. Okay. Awesome. Well, join us next episode for chapters... 38 to 41 of A Court of Mist and Fury. It will be just us that that next chunk, and then we'll ha- start having some more guests again. Yeah. After also, that. we're talking about being gone for two weeks, but episodes are coming out still Tuesdays and Fridays. We are just recording not in real time. Yes. So don't fret. We're talking about our break, but you don't get one. You must be listening Tuesdays and Fridays. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. And we'll be coming back much less stressed. Yeah much happier yeah just in a better place (laughs) with some stories of some more marine life probably yeah i hope (laughs) i don't know i'll be on the east coast so i'll be needing some from you there's not as much wildlife over there (laughs) okay well don't forget to follow us on instagram at gals on topic follow us at tiktok at on tiktok at gals on topic (laughs) Like and subscribe on Spotify, on Apple Music. Leave a five-star review. Leave a comment. Tell a friend. All the things. All the things. And we'll see you next episode. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. Bye.